0: Hi, I'm Hannah Durden and you're listening to the Outdoors Group podcast. This podcast is a call to arms to get children and young people outside again. It's your one-stop shop for all things outdoor, child, young person and education related. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm pleased to be joined by not one but two guests. Leonie Ellis is an accredited play therapist and supervisor and a member of the Collaboration of Outdoor Play Therapists and Daisy Thomas is a newly registered play therapist with a background of working with autistic children and children with emotional or behavioural issues in the outdoors. They both work with students from the outdoors school and have kindly allowed me to steal them away for a bit today for a chat about play therapy. Thanks for joining me guys. No problem. Hello. Let's start with the most obvious question. Can you explain exactly what play therapy is and who it's for?
1: Hmm. So play therapy is a form of psychotherapy for children that uses play as a form of communication and expressing their thoughts and feelings and to work through any emotional issues that they've got in their lives and it's about the age of 3 to 12 year olds is the sort of range, or anyone who can still play really, (laughs) that's roughly typically the age range that you can do play therapy. With yes, yeah, so it's a sort of intervention, a therapeutic intervention, and the same as adults going to see a psychotherapist or a counsellor or a therapist. Yeah. But it uses play and a toolkit, mm-hmm. which maybe Daisy can tell us about toolkit. Yeah, so um,
2: in our therapeutic toolkit, we have lots of different um, things. Um, so we have um, puppets. They're great. They can be used to kind of reenact issues that have gone on, um, like sent it away from self. Yeah, like little hand um, puppets. Yeah, hand puppets. Yeah. Or Big, you've got a nice big birds, <laughs> one or all <laughs> sorts of things. Um, drawing and painting and kind of um, the arts stuff. Clay is really great um, for helping work through emotions. Um, often the sand trays used—that's kind of the classic therapeutic play um, thing that people kind of imagine play therapists using. So we have lots of symbols. So lots of kind of little toys so houses people you know mum and dads yes. all those kind of things and they can be used to kind of play out their world um in the sand tray, which um yeah can be really beneficial to the children um also lots of music so lots of drums um i've got a little guitar in mind so all sorts of things like that um that the children can use to kind of play out what's going on in their world or just get out their emotions if they're really angry bang the drum really loud yeah. and the therapist will match that kind of energy and let them know that it's okay to bang that drum really loud and that's really important. Yeah. Um, have I missed anything else? Um, Sometimes people add other things. Creative like stories. Going, yeah, I love creative stories. They're kind of a way of dealing with an issue um, without putting it on that child Yeah, um, and kind of yeah, depersonalising um, the problem that might be going on uh, in a kind of a non Um, formal way, so like the use of metaphor is really important. Um, So we could, you know, compare a child to a star and we could use that in our stories. Um, And loads and loads of theorists have worked and they've said that metaphor kind of lights up more parts of the brain than anything else. Okay. Um, So working, yeah, working in metaphor a lot is is really important um, for these children because their brain lights up and they're able to process a lot more.
0: It's really interesting. Mm -hmm you guys think it's quite um mainstream play therapy do you think a lot of people are kind of accessing it around the country or
1: yeah i do um i've been doing it now for 16 years and um i've always had a full waiting list yeah um, and it's one of the things they teach on social work courses is the one of the only interventions for children who've gone through trauma and collectively just horrible stuff yeah um, it's one of the only things that intervention that can work with children that, okay. that can work as if therapy can ever <laughs> yes. work yes. So to fix them it's the only thing that they can engage in yes. to try and solve some of issues um so it's so it's often social workers contacting okay. but so it is definitely mainstream it's big in america as well yeah. mm. um
0: and is it a mix of social workers and schools and parents kind of requesting it for their kids
1: Definitely, yeah, and local local authorities nowadays special guardianship
2: teams, yeah, yeah, it's post- adoption um, support teams as well, yeah, yeah, okay. well, and it's cool. definitely like the need for play therapists is great. Um, so yeah, lots. Uh, Well, what am I saying. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. We need lots more play therapists. Yeah. because there are so many children, really sadly, um, that need kind of help, therapeutic help, and, yeah, the need for play therapists is a really big one at the moment. Oh, that's really interesting. So, yeah.
0: Um. How do you guys come to being play therapist?
1: So you said sixteen years, Lee, and you said mm, quite a long time. What's yeah. your kind of journey to get um, into it? This was nice to think about this. Um, I was working in a preschool, and I was about twenty-six, and I thought I want an adventure. So I volunteered in, S- in Sierra Leone for three months in my sort of had a long summer break, and. Um, volunteer for children's charity that was working with child soldiers. We were reunifying, it was just after the war in Sierra and reunifying with their families. And I just felt so useless. My main job in helping was, was actually just driving the car. Yeah. So the local <laughs> staff couldn't do couldn't drive the car. But there was so much need, um, psychological need, you know, that was needed to support these kids who'd been through this massive trauma. That I felt really like there was more I could have done. So when I went back to the UK and I um, did a counselling course thinking oh this would be a really transportable skill around the world Yeah. and I thought oh yeah I really like this, I really like it and I looked at the British Association of Counsellors and Psychotherapists website where they recommend mm. um, courses and I saw this course of play therapy I thought oh I found my profession yeah. combining my ch- work with children and therapy was like yeah my dream job, like old really moment. exciting yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was which was similar to when I did um, the forest school training actually, and and combining the two uh, with play therapy, forest school. That's they were both real light bulb moments finding these two. Professions. Oh, awesome! So, when you
0: did the course, did you start kind of practicing quite quickly? Yeah, you advanced? have to. Do. It's a practice-based masters, okay. so it took me seven years to get the
1: whole masters. But you've got to start practicing straight away because it's a postgraduate qualification. Yes. So, I did. Took me. I think I moved three continents. Had two children, <laughs> and so. But I, I practiced all over the world. It did my clinical practice. Um, the the training could be done in blocks of um, sort of summer school tra- and then webinars. So it yeah. was really practical to do whilst all over the place, oh, amazing. Yeah. What about you, Daisy? Mine's not half as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so I work. I've been working for the school since two thousand and nineteen when it first started. One of the original members of the school, um, and yeah, I, I was working as a curriculum tutor as a teacher, and um, and yeah, there's a there's a real place for that. Don't get me wrong, but I was finding that the children with emotional needs, or often with kind of SEM needs. Um, were coming to me and I was trying to teach them in a project-based way kind of their maths or their literacy and it wasn't it wasn't getting through to them because no. they weren't ready to learn. Um, so I kind of realised that actually for them even to get to that place where they're ready to learn and ready to learn yeah. those life skills, they need to be kind of um, an, an okay person within themselves and it doesn't always work but they need to be able to self-regulate and they need to be able to understand what's happened um, and deal with their emotions. Um, so that's, yeah, that's why I decided to train um, as a play therapist to move away from teaching, it's quite a big jump, but lots of people do that jump. Yeah. Um but I think yeah it's really important to kind of do that pre pre work before they're ready to learn and if they're yeah. never ready that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah doing that pre work is really important. Um, Addressing the kind of emotional yeah. needs
0: before you think about anything else. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's we know we all that's what maths is most to yeah. everyone. Yeah. I don't care if they can't do maths, it's about yeah. being happy. Yeah and Exactly. That's really important.
0: I always think that's a goal in life okay, Yeah, be happy <laughs> right <laughs> um, we've mentioned being outside and practising outdoors a little bit but let's talk a bit more about why, uh, why, why we've been taking, well first of all you, Leonie, why you've been taking play therapy outdoors mm. and how it works outside of walls mm. and why, why you think it's best better? Arguably better yeah. outdoors?
1: Um, so everything's better outdoors, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just person, I've just felt uh, there's a lot of commentary about how there's a rise of children struggling in, at the moment currently, in the last few years, especially mental health needs and just diagnosis of non-neurotypical mm. things and just really a huge wave of mental health crisis mm. for kids. And I feel it's because of modern life and the way we live life now. It's so far from how our body and our brain are supposed to be used that the more we go back to primordial ways of life, anything that's outside, the better we'll feel. Yeah. And so therapy, for me, you're supposed to feel better after coming to therapy. Mm. So to do it outside and outdoors makes you feel better. So the survival skills of lighting fires and yeah, and um, just being in the natural environment without overhead lights or trying to sit down on a chair or make kids sit still for long. Just the whole... Um, environment just meets the sensory needs of humans so much better mm-hmm. uh, it's how we're supposed to be so I feel it makes us feel better so it just makes a lot of sense to me yeah that if you're gonna make children feel better through therapy that you can also add in the outdoors it, it will help. <laughs>
0: how did you um, start taking them outdoors was it just a... mm,
1: I've got a lovely uh, talk talk on, on YouTube <laughs> about it they go quite a lot of detail yeah. if anyone wants to look at up, up, up taking therapy outdoors it's called on, yeah. on YouTube just so you can see a bit what it looks like. But um, I I had a boy that just wouldn't stay in the playroom and he just wouldn't stay in the classroom and had been referred to me from a primary school and he just couldn't, just kept kicking the wall and hanging upside down on the sofa or leaving the room. And it's really rare that children don't want to walk into a room full of toys and play Mm -hmm. with a dedicated adult. You've got 45 minutes for this person to do whatever you like. And he just couldn't. And so I just was at my, almost saying I, I, I give up, it's not engaging. And I heard that he'd been completely different on the school trip when they'd taken him out to the beach in yeah. the staff room. So I thought, oh, I'll try. I'd just taking him outside. And he was completely different outside. And I just noticed that lots of the children that were really high, high trauma, high dysregulation all the time, um, started responding when I took them outside. And yeah. so from then on, I, I started finding ways of doing it yeah. <laughs> more formally.
2: Yeah. I think it can be really important to think of it as well from a neurodiverse perspective. So these children that... You kind of often, when doing play therapy inside, with might have gone through trauma where they've, you know, been left in a classroom to deal with their emotions, or the lights are really bright, or there's a school bell that rings. Yeah. And so, thinking of it from a neurodiverse point of view, being outside is really great. Um, it, there's a really kind of transient nature between nature and life and you know that the path changes just as we change yeah and it's yeah it can be a really nice kind of grounding again that metaphor comes up and it's really important um ali chan in her book talks about it a lot outdoor play outdoor therapy, play therapy mm-hmm. about how the you know the path you walk down might turn to mud and then it might freeze over and then it might get dry again and that's kind of um, a really great metaphor for kind of the ever-changing nature of our states yeah. and um, our therapeutic work that we do as people so yeah. it can be really nice to use that metaphor um, yeah. as well whereas inside it's a bit, they four walls. It's not, not going to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have <been> a window, <laughs> that's right. Paint the, yeah. <laughs>
0: the walls won't go down too well with the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does it um, look like when you're outside because I know that obviously uh, um, from the talk talk I remember you talking about safe spaces and having a kind of a secure space to do that therapy so how how does that look outside
2: mm.
0: you know it's mean?
2: tricky isn't it yeah it's different
1: everywhere yeah it yeah. can be just a little corner of a playground or it could be a proper dedicated site in an outdoor school which mm. we have here and at the outdoors group more space to do that um but it's yeah or I've got my private practice I have an indoor room that's got a covered area a French window open to an out, outdoor yeah. covered area and then an outdoor space yeah. so they can go through the whole spectrum of indoor half indoor half outdoor yeah. and outdoor um, in the whole session so it, and I teach on a course uh, best practice and outdoor play therapy so I get to see a lot of groups of people and every time I hear they have such different scenarios. I was just
0: thinking, because I was I obviously looking out the window at the woods, and, mm-hmm. but of course not every person that's taking play therapy outdoors is going to have a woodland no, on their no. doorstep.
2: And I think, I think, I really think there's a need for um, a space that play therapists can use. You know, not the typical play therapist, you know, that might not work for the company, doesn't have access to, you know, 44 acres of woodland yeah. that we can do these things in. So I, I feel that there's a need to set up um, outdoor play therapy spaces that lots of other people can use as well, I think brilliant,
1: brilliant. Yeah. One, one. lady on the course that I taught, she's just bought, bought her own bit of woodland and she's making a play therapy space in it, she's built a, tr- a play therapy tree house, oh, oh, that's yeah. so, so, so it's, cool. it's like it's raised, it's on stilt, so it's, yeah, so it's not like really high in the tree, but it's around the trees and it's a big flat platform with a roof, it's just awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that. <laughs> <trying> <laughs> so what, so what my ideal. scenario I wonder that. I one of those my
0: and so can you tell us a bit, Leonie, about the collaboration of outdoor play therapists and yeah. what do they do?
1: Yeah, so we are a pioneering group of play therapists that just want to start taking our practice outdoors. It was started by Alison Chown, who wrote the book Outdoor Play Therapy in 2017, and Kate Maquette, who's ran training courses of taking play therapy outside for years. Lots of people just kept, kept growing. The interest in it kept growing. They so many emails and questions, so they made this group, this networking Group, Um, so it's a non for profit kind of. We just started meeting and doing, getting guest speaker to talk about what they did, like with animal assisted therapy, or how a forest school leader on how they did stuff, and then it's built up now to being um, where we run training courses in best practice to teach. So many play therapists want to take children outside, but they're very nervous about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm a forest school leader as well, so that immediately makes me know how to do risk assessments and have the correct insurance and all the right procedures in place, first aid and things like that, but obviously as a play therapist you don't have that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of play therapists are Mm self-employed, so you need to cover all this sort of stuff yourself. Um, so, but there are ways of doing it. You don't have to be a forest school leader, and we cover all of that in the course or in Alison Chow's book. It does go sort of yeah. Yeah, The is it online courses or is it? In um, real there was online and face to face. the online one is very popular because people overseas do it. Oh, Lots cool. of this, it's um, yeah, we've got people from Malaysia, Australia, mm-hmm. all tuning in. Yeah, that's what that so cool. The summer,
0: and you've seen a lot of people doing their training.
1: Um, yeah, it's over because since COVID, it's just yeah. <laughs> got huge. Over the last yeah. two years, it's got much bigger. Um, and we're really informal group so we're now just getting so we've got a Facebook page and then we're just getting our, our, our website up and running and so we're going to become a membership organization okay. and we'll meet up like the Forest school Association almost a bit yeah. informal we'll, we'll have some networking meetups once a year and then we'll run this best practice training course just to make sure that people are practicing safely outside yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's a
0: good point isn't it? Because you want to make sure that no one's saying that they're part of the group and then not. Yeah, yeah
1: not, not just sticking to, to the, yeah, because there's yeah. really important things, not just the sort of safety stuff and the legal things like getting permission to use the land and mm. the, making sure risk assessments are done and making sure you've got a colleague that knows where you are or that mm. you're not just out on your own and you've got no first aid or no... Um, <clears throat> Like phone signal. Um, it's also just the, the container set of the therapy, being safe. One of the main mm-hmm. things is the confidentiality of the space. Yeah. Um, so I nearly always start inside with a child at first when I can to build up that sort of get to know the child because it's not always the right thing to take a child outside. No. So sometimes they're very anxious or they really yeah. don't like getting dirty or they're terrified of bees. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. So you've got to, there's got to be the right sort of child that you know they're okay with being outside and um, that you've got to have the right things in place to, to do
0: that, to walk yeah. them awesome. safely. Mm. What do you think, what do you think the future holds for play therapists? Do you think? It's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing, that, as you said, the need's getting bigger mm. recently, particularly after COVID.
2: I think the shift to, to outside is what is kind of starting to happen at the moment. Mm. Um, and I think that will soon snowball, hopefully it will snowball into a bigger thing. Um, so on the course you did, I
0: yeah, recently yeah, yeah. was there um, with the other people who were doing the training. Thinking about outdoors as well, or they're mostly traditional kind of. Mo- yeah, sport?
2: mostly the training. The training is quite formal and it's um, all all indoors. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you know Leonie and Simo are um, putting together a course to kind of champion that. And I think, yeah, I think the shift to outside. Um, will happen and I think it's happening now with the work that lots of people are doing, but it's happening very slowly. and I think it starts mm-hmm. snowballing mm-hmm. and it and will happen a lot up. Now. Yeah,
1: more courses are coming up how to take play therapy out so outdoors. Um, 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 and you know, art therapists have been doing it for a long time environmental yeah. arts therapy, and eco therapists, and nat- nature based therapy. It's all been happening and a lot of with like the the adults. Horses South yeah, South yeah, well. yeah, yeah, Nature's, yeah. Nature lovely. I've
0: seen more equine therapy yeah. for kids recently as well, that yeah. like it seems yeah. to
2: be on the rise. Yeah, and actually after Covid, you know, people are starting to understand the importance of therapy um, and the importance of um, using the outdoor spaces because obviously we couldn't be inside all together for so long. Yeah. And yeah, during that time it was actually, it was awful, but it was quite useful for people to take the shift outside. Yeah, and they, they were forced to go outside. Weren't yeah.
0: They just, you know, go outside of one person, go outside with six people. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, I think they move to outside.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, it is it's growing as a profession as well. It's becoming mm. more known. Like you say, it's yeah. quite still quite relatively new. It started in the sort of forties in America, and so it's still growing as that people don't know so about it. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's getting there, um, and it's yeah, the outdoor. I think bit does add a whole new mm. dimension to it, which is the two main training bodies in the UK, P- PT UK and. British BACP are. What do they stand for, this Play Federalism? Therapy UK yeah. and British Association of Play Therapists. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're the accredited bodies, yeah. the governing bodies that we accredit accredited on their registers. They um are both looking at running. Um, they endorse the course that we yeah, run for uh, for awesome. for Cooped Collaboration Outdoor the Play Therapists. Yeah. And um, they endorse that course and um yeah PT UK are looking into adding training to. To make it more formal and official because yeah. people are starting to do it anyway, yeah. mm. but there's no, there's no formalised way of doing it yeah. yet. So, to make sure it's safe and that people are following the right practices, it's, mm. it's important. I think it's also
2: really important um, to think about play therapy and where that stands in the SEN world um, with kind of neurodiverse children, um, because I think there's definitely, we've got a long way to go on that, I feel, and I think, um, yeah, lots of courses are quite straight, and I think actually thinking of it from a neurodiverse perspective, PDA and autism, I think it's, yeah, really important to collaborate those. Yeah, because I'm Um, guessing there's a
0: difference between play therapy with a child that's suffered Trauma, but it's neurotypical and not an autistic child. Right?
2: Yeah, and I think you you know you need to prepare for those sessions. You need more visuals. You need you know that's the kind of classic thing, and everyone's different. But I think yeah, more training for play therapists in the neurodiverse world, I yeah. think would be really
1: important. Yeah, I think you're you're really right there. It's completely different, um, depending on what the children refer to you for. So yeah. I, I'm I'm getting way more children with um who are not neurotypical who are struggling. So have a sort of a lots of neuro Things going on, so it's really hard to. Often parents or schools want a fix. Yeah, <laughs> I always yeah. have to say there isn't such a thing as a fix. Yeah. So therapy, say, or oh, can you nip this in the bud? Can you sort this out? Yeah. Can you? And I and I have to sort of reframe it and say it's the same as coming to a therapist would be the same as an adult. Yeah. You come, you come in, and, um, you work on what you've got. But often I found in schools with learning special needs, mm. additional needs, mm. um, that you're you're just like therapy by dialysis which is like just you're coming in and getting your that's your place you offload for the week just to be able to get through your week yeah so you're not processing anything and moving forward in your life as a whole, but mm-hmm. it's helping you just get through each week. It's helping so, you cope. Yeah, it's a coping strategy. Yeah. So, so I have to make people aware of that when they you know, pay with money yourself, for therapy, yeah. that this, this piece of work that's going to be done, it mm. doesn't mean there's going to be a different outcome at the yeah. end. Mm. Um, it just might be the space that they bang a very loud drum or yeah. get their hands in the sand or make slime or dig a big hole and you're there empathising and being yeah. with them and mm-hmm. seeing them. Um, but it is very different from getting referrals for normal life events like bereavement or yeah. um, parental separation. So there's like a process, presumably. Yeah, so if they're in they're going, a sort yeah. of stable family home and everybody's sort of functioning well and emotionally literate and can regulate themselves well, then they just need to come for maybe 12 sessions and yeah. they can work through this one particular life event with you. And then mm-hmm. that's when you do see a change or a yeah. result or a process happening. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, sort of can be a misconception that with sort of more complex and severe cases, especially even with severe trauma, not just neurodiversity, um, that there's going to be a, there's so much complex trauma from a young age that you can't ever actually cure or fix mm-hmm. some of the behaviours and issues that are happening.
2: It is, it is a kind of therapy just to keep them OK to get through their week. Mm-hmm. Yeah and I think that yeah and within the SEN stuff there's been a big rise in courses so Simo Ter who is also a play therapist who works for the Outdoors group he runs um, a course um, which is Autism cool. Outdoors, Autism outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> um, which has a whole um, day on play therapy and SEM, yeah. um, which is really good. So I think we are we are seeing a rise. Yeah. I just think that it's really important that kind of training play therapists understand special needs as yes. well. Yeah, well I
0: was just um, thinking about um, Andy James and what he was saying yeah. about this idea of neuroharmony and mm-hmm. actually like the, when he was saying that the, like the depression and the anxiety that he might mm-hmm. suffer isn't because he's autistic but it's because he lives in a society that mm-hmm. isn't set up so I guess mm. that's something that's important for training people to realise yeah. that you're not trying to fix that you're just trying to yeah you can't you can't yeah. fix these things and actually what we need to fix is society but like, yeah maybe it's that coping mechanism gives mm. them an hour to yeah some space have some space mm. and manage for a week but that, that's quite sad really in a way mm. isn't it anyway no, no, we're not here to change society <laughs> although it would be good if we were yes <laughs> um, how much importance do you think is given to the work you guys are doing? Um, I mean, we said earlier about whether it's still niche, um, but like, do you think that it's taken quite seriously by people that are caring for children or looking at treatment plans for children and things like that?
1: I think people misunderstand it. Often, I get called a play worker. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> work saying so right? play
2: therapist. Therapist. Yeah. Sometimes, if you say you know you're a therapist for children or something you do there is a a play
0: worker is like someone that works in like a nursery or something yeah
2: yeah or could or yeah or even work in
1: in bench playgrounds playgrounds. yeah and they can do a degree in that it's a profession Mm -hmm. in its own right yeah but But it's not the same same. but it's yeah yeah, but it's really not the same thing and so the respect and also people have have this thing about children that i'm right you're wrong i'm big you're small to quote Miss Trunchbull, <laughs> that, that they don't have the right to privacy and confidentiality, and yeah. that they they so they often get interrupted a lot when you mm. really need confidentiality. They just say, "Well, I'm just going to come oh, in and get my you know, laptop. Just come, <gasps> just coming in and <laughs> get some paint out the cupboard." I like, yeah. and so sure, yeah. so a lot of it is educating schools that you go into. I often offer a day or an hour's talk on mm. on what play therapy is for the teachers, for the teachers, and, the staff, and yeah. I have a handout that I give all to the teachers and staff so they try and get them to understand it. And I say, it, "Imagine you were going to see a counsellor because you had a problem where you." Yeah. To your therapist because it's a sacred space, yeah. Mm. Do not interrupt us, and you put this big signs on the door. But it is the bane of play therapist yeah. lives, it really is finding a private room, yeah. Uh, people understanding what it is. You get a lot of TAs that just come in and interrupt or come and get them for something mm. else, and you're like, No, this is a sacred 45, minutes it's just for them, yeah. It's their therapy, even if we are doing it in their school,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. It has to be, yeah. And asking what, what happened in the therapy session, mm-hmm. and I kind of always say to people, Well, if if you were going to talking therapy and I was working as your counsellor, you wouldn't want would me to go and tell your boss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what you've spoken about, so it's really important that that privacy. And obviously, if there's safeguarding issues or anything really important that comes up, obviously we report that. And we've had all the necessary training in that, but it's it's really important for that child to have their own space. Yeah, and confidentiality is a massive thing in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so it's a educating people. Yeah. The
1: way. Yeah.
0: Do you think um, going into that trust, like, is it quite a long process or does it depend on the child? Yeah
1: definitely, which is why we have to, I say minimum 12 sessions yeah. um, and I have to explain that and sometimes when I hear the brief of the child's background, i just got one that's so severe, I said I'm not taking this child on unless it's a year yeah. therapy minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because it's going to take so long to get the trust and the attachment, it's not like an adult you walk into a room and you've already, you already understand the context, yes, yes, you already yes, know I'm here you I've got issue and I've made the phone yeah. call and I've arranged it and I'm going to this trained qualified yeah. person, they have got to build it purely on their own instinct yeah. and experience
2: of you because mm. so presumably they, yeah.
0: sometimes it's just a teacher that's going, right you're seeing this person today yeah. Yeah, and they,
2: they, they don't know. have a choice in the matter yeah they might not know whilst they're there yeah, I was recently working with a child and it took us ten sessions before we kind of I felt there was that therapeutic bond where yeah. kind of we trusted each other, and um, Axline, who kind of um, was the pioneer of play therapy Virginia doing it Axline, um, she uh, speaks about the importance of the therapeutic bond, and it does, you can feel it, it does kind of click, and sometimes for some children it takes three weeks, and sometimes it takes ten weeks, and yeah. that's completely dependent on the child, and I think it's yeah really important for the child and the adults working with that child to understand that you know when you're working with that child you will continue to work with that child for you've had clients for years, years now, and, oh, yeah, years. Years. and it's really important to understand that we're not going anywhere because um that that could be really harmful yeah. to the child um so yeah it's so it's getting the, getting the funding sorted out before you make it yeah yeah
1: When well, you know, three years of experience i've worked out not yeah. to get too in too deep And I always you're really clear with the child how long you can see them for and it's part of your sort of the yeah, the trust building is so you know. And if you get to a certain point and you realise that you need longer, you need to either finish carefully if you if you have to, because of funding, and bring it to a close. But if you if you can possibly get further funding, it's it's all part of the sort of Where does the funding tend to come from? Hmm. Mm. Good question. Uh, so for me personally a lot of my work as a freelance play therapist is from the adoption support fund. Yeah. That seems to be where there's a lot of there's a pool of money for yeah. children who have either been adopted or are in special guardianship which is looked after by another family member. Okay. Yeah. Um so that's so that has sprung up a lot of work for therapists um, which is keeping us very busy and they're very complex cases. Yeah. Um but also schools have a smaller budget, but they mm. do,
2: um, pupil premium can be used towards okay. it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of schools also employ play therapists um, like under a salary. And okay, so the then, then yeah. As well, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's not,
1: it's not often you get a full-time job. It's like CAMs will have some several honours full-time jobs. Yeah. But oh, that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. hard in CAMs, Yes, I've
0: heard about... Um, the waiting list for cameras yeah. and how, how under pressure they are so and the work load 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 quite a tough job to do the
1: workload on those play is really high it's almost like a conveyor belt of you know of children coming in yeah and you've got to see them um as many as you can whereas when you're in private practice or independent you can manage your workload yeah. more carefully and, and try and balance it across severity of need so yeah. you, never, you never have it too in balance
2: towards a lot of trauma and you know yeah. you have a mix across your workload yeah. yeah i think in like other yeah other countries like wales for example they have a different kind of view of play therapy and i know someone that's you know working with play therapy and refugees for a charity for example that's how awesome. charity yeah. are paying her mm. and yeah all sorts like that yes yeah. yeah incredible and i think yeah depending on where you are different counties different you think wales takes yeah. it
0: more seriously then what do you
2: think
1: um, I don't know, I don't know much about Wales, but I do think that they're the different pots, like
2: trust. They and have so a cross. lot of different pots, Wales, that they? They, they keep going and actually, I think, yeah, I think play therapy might be mm. up there. Yeah. Quite a lot. Lots of county councils. It's recognised. It's, it's recognised. Yeah, Wales. there's lots of jobs <laughs> in yeah. Wales. Okay. Um, okay. I'm <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not Welsh, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> What's the plug? <laughs> I was going to say, if we suddenly losing you, we know where you've
0: gone. We're going to In America, it's a- a- all um, insurance paid for by insurance, okay. so it's very different. Well, it's a different system, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's, so? Because of the funding, I'm assuming you do feel like it's accessible to kids from all backgrounds? Because I know that people, parents can pay for it privately, but do you feel like. Um, it's
1: accessible for those that have got a niche of a problem. Do you know? What I mean, there's like there isn't available for children who are in foster care and yeah, they're I mean, in special guardianship and adopted.
0: That's interesting. Yeah,
1: and uh, and
0: and actually, arguably, you think that kids in foster oh, care might need definitely. it more. Yeah, just it's government
2: it's, policy. Um, I think what they do is you know how uh, the government is run. They. Won't put the intervention in before the child needs it. And they'll need to solve the problem once it's happened. Yeah, um, which it's not preventative. preventive. Yeah, it's yeah. It's dealing with the issue, and I think when when you're doing your training, it's so good because you can you work with children with um, that are a lot kind of lower need. Yeah. Um, and that that can be really great because you can help children that maybe wouldn't be able to access play therapy from someone like Leonie. Yeah. Um, because she works with really high need cases. Yeah. And so it can be yeah quite refreshing for schools to have a trainee. Oh was so lovely when I was in training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They Do they kind of limit the severity of the cases while you're training? Yeah, them? yeah, yeah. So we work in uh, something called SDQs, which is Strength and Difficulties Questionnaire, and it's basically a set of questions that will give you a number. Okay. Um, it's subjective, but um, that's what we use. Um, and, yeah, when you're training, you can work with children up to 21, whereas right. I don't think we only would... Any no. child under
1: 21. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so often their SDQ is quite low at school but really high at home. Yeah. That's what I see really commonly. Mm. So, so you, get, you do so it. So, is that in terms
0: the, of like at school they're kind of masking everything <laughs> yes. to and holding it together? Yeah, kind of together and then yeah. That yeah. And
1: yeah. Unfortunately, you can see it the other way around as well sometimes, which is really not great um, because that means they're not maybe secure in their placement. They've yeah. been moved around a lot from different homes mm. and they, they have to show their best self to their carers so they yeah. don't get moved again. And then no. it all comes out at school yeah. when they feel safe because that's been, been a consistent consistent setting yeah
2: yeah and I think you know you can see the same with that with SEN like you know girls with autism or um, a lot of children kind of hold it together during school and hold it together and then they go home and bang and it all yeah. comes out because they've been masking it so there is kind of a like symbiotic nature between play therapy and kind of SEN yeah. and how, yeah, how we view it that's really interesting
0: um, is there anything you guys wanted to tell me or tell the people listening about play therapy that we haven't kind of covered today? I feel like there's probably loads more. Yeah, say.
1: yeah. You'll get out and play yourselves. It's not just the, it's two words, play and therapy, and they they can be separated. And play in itself for everybody is really, really important, even as adults, mm, and we yeah. don't do it or recognize it enough. So just keeping that spark of playfulness alive, something that excites you, something that interests you, and often it looks a bit like sports for ups because we know it's good yeah. for us, you know, we <laughs> know it's good for us, and so we do that. But also just do something that you lose yourself in the moment in yeah so just get the lego out and play with your kids or uh, go and make some daisy chains or something like that just yeah. lose yourself in the moment again remember what it was like do something you used to do as a child like making sandcastles yeah. on the beach just kind of like you need to exercise a certain amount of times a week mm. and you need to eat healthy food i think mm. you need to play a couple yeah. of times a week as well mm. It has just really good for your mental health and not just with your kids but definitely play a lot with your own kids yeah and uh just remember yourself just just um, yeah be playful I was talking to someone the other day
0: and they were saying that they don't have kids and
1: um, they were saying that they
0: miss that kind of playfulness but they don't yeah. know how to access it without having mm-hmm. a child as an excuse mm-hmm. to, yeah, to yeah, a, access uh, it yeah. and I was like was oh, actually quite sad and I was like I mm-hmm. can't I don't know what it is that stops us I guess maybe it's fear of judgement from mm-hmm. other people yeah like, grown ups. yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah so, but I think being a grown up is playing I think you know the second you stop playing that doesn't make you a grown up no, um, you're yeah. grown up at all. It doesn't count. Yeah. I think <laughs> growing up to
0: play too, and I think it's yeah. really important, yeah, for that to have that playful attitude as well. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Um well, thank you so much for your time today, guys. Um I know you're very busy both yeah, of you. Thank you. And we're always at the end of term as well, so I'm sure there's loads of things that we're trying to cram in before that. Yeah. Um but before you finally go up, I've just been asking everyone these three questions, so um I'll ask you guys these. Um, Daisy, I'll ask you first, how do you relax?
2: Oh, what do I just to relax? I I do pottery. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm part of a pottery cooperative in Exeter. Um, we're looking for new members always. Um, and yeah. What does so, the pottery cooperative mean? So um it's, it is, it's uh, people that pot together. People that pot together, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's run um, kind of collaboratively. Yeah. And we have I think we have fifteen members, um, and it's in the basement of St David's Community Centre. Okay. And we rent off them for kind of not a lot at all, and it's very cheap and accessible to people. We run lessons and classes there, um, and I, yeah, I make a lot of plates. That's what I've been doing recently for a commission for a farm. So oh, nice. Making plates
0: is how I relax at the moment. <laughs> yes,
2: <you laughs> love it. how um, about oh, nice. you?
0: How do you
1: relax? Ah. <laughs> at the moment, I'm doing this amazing course, which also covers the question of what I'm reading at the moment, which is Environmental Arts Therapy and the Tree of Life Okay. by Ian Siddons Higginsworth. It's a local... Um, therapist who's teaching a course and it's been lasting a year, so I've been doing one weekend a year a month yeah. for a year. Um, it's based around the Celtic tree calendar, and we study a different tree every time and the mythology around the tree. That's so cool! Yeah, but it's what was this cool. month's tree? It's Hazel, Hazel tree, which okay. I've just found so amazing because as a forest school leader, we appreciate Hazel so much Weasel anyway. Yeah. yeah, so I could really, really get into it this month in my appreciation of Hazel and <laughs> learning all her traits and characteristics and special. Myths around her, but yeah, it, she's a female <laughs> in my mind. Um, but the the so that it's learning how to use the environment in therapy. So we yeah, go yeah. out and we're in a group, we're, it's a kind of a group therapy experience and learn how to. So it's art therapy. So we build. Say we we want to talk about our life story. We can use use the ground and use sticks and seeds and buds and flowers to to draw a timeline of our life story to kind yeah. of get perspective on it or if we want to deal with some anger, we can get some huge, great, rotten sticks and smash them over a fallen tree or get built into a cage of rage and then rage our way out of it. And it's highly therapeutic, (laughs) it's amazing work. So that's kind of what I'm spending quite a lot of my time doing at the moment, doing these sort of groups the whole weekend in the woods. Um, yeah. yeah which is kind of like relaxing but also deep <laughs>
2: therapeutic work but as a therapist
1: you've got to stay on your yeah. you've got to sort do your own work I was thinking it's quite a heavy yeah. answer for your yeah. relaxation yeah. but yeah. I can see how it out for me both yeah at the moment that's just taking up quite a lot of my time but I love camping I love wild camping I've been sleeping outside in the garden <laughs> this yeah. week in the heat yeah. with mm-hmm. my children so that combines play and mm-hmm. relaxing yeah. and, <laughs> and the outside tipped all the boxes yeah
0: um, and so you already said what you're reading right now, just tell us the name of the book again. It's called
1: Environmental Arts Therapy and the Tree of
2: Life by Ian siddons Hagginsworth. Okay, nice. He's a hero of mine. Awesome.
0: <laughs> what about you, David? What well, are you reading on the book? I'm kind of cheating. I'm
2: not currently reading it, but well, I did read it and then Leonie, I lent it to and she gave it back to me today. So I've got it in my hand. Yeah. And um, it's Nature and Therapy by Martin Jordan um, and it's about understanding psychotherapy in outdoor spaces. And about the therapeutic rationale for using nature-based therapeutic practice. Amazing. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really useful. I love that really both great.
0: the therapists have got therapy books as they in they're reading right now. We never you, work, you, can, you can't, you can't. Can't switch off.
2: I, like, you know, yesterday I was lying in the garden because it was so hot and I was listening to... Some play therapy podcast or something. I can't switch off. I only let myself do it in the like for the month of August. Otherwise, uh,
1: I let myself read complete fiction or complete (laughs) fiction. Otherwise, I just I just try and keep myself up to date with all the reading and all. And also your own yeah. So it's like professional work. there's that work of keeping Mm. yourself up to date. But it's also keeping yourself up to date on your own personal work. Yeah, with my own therapy practice of myself so that I don't ever come up against stuff in, when I'm working with children that will impact their therapy. Yeah.
0: That's really interesting, makes sense. And finally, uh, why is being outdoors, sorry I said that weirdly, why is being outdoors <laughs> important to you? I uh, don't know who wants to go first.
2: Uh, because it's really fun, and it just makes everything a little bit easier. At the moment it's not as hot, so that's why mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <Awesome. laughs> yeah. oh, I love it, especially with kids because you don't have to clear up the mess. Yeah, really. that's like true. if you just if you just work with a natural environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you do big pile of sticks or you do anything with that, that's I love that aspect of it. When you work in a room as a play therapist with paint <laughs> and clay <laughs> and, and sand. <laughs> you can get it's really unnatural you spend a whole amount of your time yeah. clearing up. So when yeah. you do actually work outside it's a real relief. Yeah. But I mean Working out in nature, because nature becomes the co-facilitator of the therapy, but yeah. also just as a human being, going out to mm-hmm. nature, it's just like, ah, this is the place you're meant to be. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today, guys. really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank
0: well you. I hope you both have a good summer. Enjoy your fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. you I Enjoy your arts festival. <laughs> thank you. Brilliant.
2: Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, thanks a lot.
0: A really big thank you to Daisy and to Leonie for joining us to talk about play therapy. I really enjoyed uh, that conversation. I mean, to be honest, I'm enjoying all the conversations, which is fantastic. And I hope that you guys are too. And if you are, please don't uh, forget to like us, rate us, subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends. We'd really like to uh, help more people find find us and uh, join in our conversations. Uh, And if you'd like to suggest a topic or if there's something you're passionate about that you think we'd like to talk to you about we'd love it if you'd get in touch with us that'd be fantastic you can find us on all the social media channels at the outdoors group that's it for now and uh, i'll talk to you again in a fortnight thanks very much